You are now listening to Zakaic Podcast, proclaiming Jesus as Savior, Healer, Sanctifier, and Coming King. Okay, there was one time that I went home, and when I arrived home, I noticed that my two children, my eldest is a nine-year-old girl, and the youngest is five. I noticed that they were fighting against each other. And then I inquired about the situation, and the little girl said, the eldest said, It's Ethan. He just got my toy, and he doesn't like to return it to me right now. And then I asked the little boy, and he said, I just, I'm just borrowing it from Ate. She doesn't have to nag over me. I'm just borrowing it. But the Ate said, No, you did not ask permission from me. You just grabbed it from my hand. And then I said to the boy, you better go to your ate and say, sorry. And if you want to borrow the toy, you have to ask permission first. Don't just grab it from her hand. And so she, he, he went to her ate, his ate inside the room, and he said, sorry. So I left the two of them, and I went straight to the kitchen to get some water. But I just suddenly heard that the boy was crying already. And I went back there and inquired about the situation, and the little boy said, I already asked sorry to Ate, but she doesn't accept my sorry. And then I inquired at her, and she said, because he's, she's, he's not serious, Daddy. He's just making fun of me. He's not serious of the, the forgiveness, forgiveness that he's asking from me. And I told the boy, are you serious about this matter? And he said, yes. And I told them, you hug each other. And they did, and they became friends. You know, it's, it's very easy to mend a broken relationship between two children. So easy. They quarrel. You talk to them. Let them embrace each other. Kahit ayaw nila mag-embrace, but it will just take a matter of minute or a couple of minutes, then they'll be fine with it. They'll accept the embrace. They learn to forgive already. But with adults, it's not that easy. It's not that easy. I, I heard the statement from the Bisayan saying, Tamna na ko nag... Kuan pastor? Dili ka manting, kawayan. Di yuko kapasailoan ng tawhana. Well, we heard from adults saying those words. And that's a reality. Tonight, we will be looking at a character who was offended greatly by his siblings. I'm talking about Joseph. And we will see how he was able to release forgiveness to his brothers despite the weight of their crime against him. So let us look at the book of Genesis chapter 45 this time. Actually, I'll be telling you a story from chapter 41 up to chapter 46. So there's going to be a long, long story that we'll be tackling this evening, but I'll, I'll not read the entire passage. We will only look at verses 1 to 15 of chapter 45 as per scripture reading is concerned, but I will discuss with you from chapter 41 up to chapter 46. Don't worry. I'll just relate to you the story as if we're watching a movie this evening. So let's read from Genesis chapter 45, verses 1 to 15. The word of the Lord says from the NASB 1995 edition, Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried, Have everyone go out from me. So there was no man with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. He, was so, he, he, he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it, and the household of Pharaoh heard of it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed of at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Please come closer to me. And they came closer. And he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. Now do not be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing or harvesting. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant in earth and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. Now, therefore, it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he, he, he has made me a father to Pharaoh, 
and lord of all his household and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not delay. You shall live in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children and your flocks and your herds and all that you have. There I will also provide for you, for there are still five years of famine to come, and you and your household and all that you have would be impoverished. Behold, your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see, that it is my mouth which is speaking to you. Now you must tell my father of all my splendor in Egypt and all that you have seen, and you must hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept on his neck. He kissed all his brothers and wept on them, and afterward his brothers talked with him. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. Now I'm going to relate to you the story because we would be able to understand clearly what we just read if we begin to see from those specific point, uh, points in the previous part of the history. Let's all begin with the dream that he received from the Lord, which I already mentioned to you last week. Joseph received a dream from God. And then he told this to his siblings, but instead of rejoicing with him, they were upset, they were jealous of him, and so they plotted to kill him. But one of them, one of them, Reuben, said to his siblings, no, no, do not cause any harm to the lad, to that boy, because that time Joseph was still 17 years old. He was very young, a teenager. His siblings were already adults at that time. And so Reuben told the siblings that let's not hurt the boy because the rest were thinking really of killing him. And then Reuben left while he was there inside the cistern, yung parang well na ginawa nila. Judah suggested to his siblings that if we're gonna kill him, if we'll just leave him here in the cistern, we won't earn anything from this guy. Why don't we sell him to the merchant? So they sold him, and that is the reason why Joseph was brought to Egypt. When he arrived in Egypt, he was bought by Potiphar, and later, because Potiphar saw how God has favored Joseph, he put him in charge over his household and over everything that he had. The problem was, his wife looked at Joseph with desire deep in her heart, and she tried to tempt Joseph, but Joseph kept on refusing. And so out of desperation, the wife of Potiphar crafted a story and falsely accused Joseph of attempting to rape her. Instead of she trying to, her, I mean her, trying to deceive Joseph or lure Joseph, he, she made a story that Joseph had attempted to rape her. And so Potiphar believed her story and Joseph was brought to prison. Now he was inside the jail. It was then when Joseph met two important individuals in his life. One of those was the cupbearer of the king's palace, and one of them was the baker of the king's palace. The cupbearer, the work of the cupbearer is a taster of any food or drinks that is brought to the king. So that if there is a poison in the food, the cupbearer would taste it before the king would eat it. So the king would find out if there is a, a, a poison in the food because the, the cupbearer would die first. That's the kind of job that he has. And both of them, the baker and the cupbearer, were placed inside jail and they met Joseph there. Now the text doesn't tell us the reason why they were there. They're just there inside the jail. Probably, or not probably, but most likely, they committed a mistake. While they were there, both of them had a dream. Now, take note of this. The life of Joseph was filled with dreams. He received a dream from God. Now he is in jail with these two individuals, the cupbearer and the baker. These two people receive a dream from God also. Nobody inside the jail who was capable of giving an interpretation to the dreams that they had. But Joseph received the revelation from God and taught him what those dreams meant. And so he interpreted the dreams for them. He told the, the, the cupbearer that you will be released, but you'll be die, you will die eventually. And then he told the baker that you will be released and you will be reinstated to your position in the palace. It really happened. Later it happened. The baker promised Joseph that when I'm out already, I will really remember you. 
Well, not every promise is going to be fulfilled, especially if, doesn't it, if it does not come from God. There is a high possibility that it will just cause frustration to the recipient of the promise. While he was there outside, the baker forgot about Joseph. But God is in control. One day, Pharaoh, or the king of Egypt, had a dream. He had a dream that he felt that dream was very important for him and for his kingdom. Now what happened next was he called every person that is known to be wise in Egypt. He called all of them and he asked them to do two things. Number one, he wanted these men, these wise people, to tell him his dream without him telling it to them. Oh, it's difficult. Pwede pang gumawa-gawa ng interpretation if you know the dream. But the first thing that Pharaoh wanted them to do is that I won't tell you my dream, but I want you to tell my dream. That's a crazy thing. Diba? Kahit parte ka ng panaginip, pag hindi ka sinabihan kung ano yung panaginip, hindi mo yun alam. Okay? So what happened was that nobody, nobody was able to tell him what was his dream. And because nobody was able to tell him what was his dream, nobody could interpret it. And what is, uh, what is the problem with that situation is that if you were there and you were asked to tell him your dream and you do not answer him the right thing, you'll be killed. And it was then when the baker remembered Joseph. He said, my king, my king, wait a minute. There is someone that I have met when I was in prison. His name is Joseph. I had a dream. The cupbearer had a dream. And he interpreted both of our dreams and both came into a reality. Maybe this is the guy that you need this time. And so Pharaoh, with all his power, asked for Joseph's presence to be right before him. When Joseph was there, he was endowed by God's wisdom, by God's revelation. And so he was able to tell Pharaoh what was his dream and the interpretation of his dream. He said to him that your dream, this is the interpretation of your dream. In the years to come, there will be seven years of abundance in Egypt. But after that seven years of abundance, it will be followed by seven years of famine. When Pharaoh heard the interpretation of Joseph, he was so impressed. And he said, we need someone who has knowledge, someone who has the wisdom to rule over Egypt and prepare Egypt for this famine. And because it was you who was given by God such wisdom, I am appointing you to become the ruler of Egypt. Everyone in Egypt shall bow down before you. You are only not above me. I am the only person that you have to respect so much in this land because the rest of the people will be under you. You are a ruler, my co-ruler in Egypt. And so he signed it with his signet ring and that became like a law, like a policy that everyone should follow. And right at that moment, in an, in an instance, Joseph became a ruler in Egypt. So now we are in chapter 42. He's now a ruler in Egypt. The famine, uh, I mean the, the, the seven years of abundance came. What Joseph did was this. He moved and traveled from one city to the other inside Egypt and he harvested grains and stored them in different cities. Because in his mind, while this time, it is, while we are experiencing abundance, Let's store seeds and grains so that when the famine would come, we are ready to face it. And so he stored many grains in every city that he went to. Seven years is over. Now the famine set in. And the Bible is very clear. If you look at chapter 42 of Genesis, uh, if you look at Genesis chapter 42, the Bible is very clear that the famine did not only happen in Egypt. It happened in all the face of the earth. Meaning to say, meaning to say, his family, his father Jacob, including his ten brothers and his younger brother Benjamin, all of them were so affected by the famine. Oh, by the way, take note of this. When Pharaoh asked Joseph to appear before him from the prison, Joseph was already 30 years old. Take note, he received the dream at the age 17. 
Maybe a year or within that year, he was sold by his brothers. Now when he faced Pharaoh, he was 30 years old and then the seven years of abundance already took place. So this time, when the famine started, Joseph was already around 37. So if you count back the day when he received the dream, this was 20 years later. When the famine set in, meaning to say, for 20 years, his brothers never saw him. They even thought he's dead already. 20 years. So when the famine came, Jacob was there in his land, and he told his children, he told his sons, are we just going to stare at each other here and die? I want you to go to Egypt. Bring with you some money. Go to Egypt because there is no any other place in the land by which you can buy grains. Only in Egypt. Go to Egypt. Ten of them went to Egypt. All those individuals who were part of the crime that they committed, they were there. So they went to Egypt. They saw Joseph. But as I have told you, in a span of 20 years, especially when you were a teenager back then and you, you are now 37, the possibility is that a lot of physiological changes happened to Joseph already. And he's, the way he dressed before, when they met, when they were with him, when they threw him to the cistern, he looks so different now that he's the ruler of Egypt. You can imagine the, the dress of Pharaoh, the officials of the Egyptians. They dress so differently from how the Jewish or the Hebrew people dress themselves. And I don't know how true is that. If you look at some movies as portrayed by the Hollywood this time, mostly the Egyptians are painted as individuals who put makeup even if among men. But I don't know if they apply that or they employ that during those days. But there's a lot of physiological changes that happened to Joseph already. So what happened is this. Joseph saw them. They saw Joseph. They did not recognize him, but Joseph recognized them. And the possible reason for his recognition with his brothers is that they were adults already when they threw him to the cistern. They were adults already when they, threw, when they sold him to the merchants. So there were less changes that took place within 20 years, unlike with him. And they clothed themselves, they, they wore clothes as same as before. So most likely their appearance never changed. And so Joseph, when he met them, they saw Joseph with all the dress. And I believe people were respecting, were showing respect to him. And when they saw Joseph, they bowed down to him. When Joseph saw his siblings bowing down to him, the text tells us that Joseph remembered his dreams. Joseph remembered his dreams because in his dream, there were hays that they collected and the, the hays that were collected by his siblings were bowing to his. And then later he dreamed about the stars and then these stars were bowing down to that star that represents him. In other words, there was really a concept of being a ruler even back then when he was still a 17-year-old when he received the dream from the Lord. So he remembered his dream when they bowed down to him. But that is fascinating to me. Why? The reason why it fascinates me is this. Normally, human as we are, what we often remember is the wrong things that were done to us by our fellow, fellow human beings. We rarely remember the good things that happen in our lives, but we are more inclined to remember the bad things that happened. Kaya nga, if somebody would tell you, do you remember that person and that guy, you can right away connect because he did something wrong to you, you would say, who would not forget that? Who would, who would forget that kind of person who has a bad character? Even you have that kind of experience, you wouldn't forget that. But the text is, is mentioning here that Joseph remembered his dream. Yes, I, I know for sure that he would remember it because, because they were bowing in that dream before him. And right now he's experiencing it into a reality. He, he definitely remembered the dreams. But I believe if he is just like us, if he is just like me, if he has a perspective like what I have today, I would remember what they did to me when they threw me to the cistern, when they sold me to the merchants, and that caused me to suffer and I became a slave in a foreign land. I wouldn't forget that, but the text never mentioned that, that Joseph was remembering what they did to him. That is so amazing. 
And then, Joseph was there not to revenge. He recognized them. He thought of testing his brothers. And so he said, I think you are spies. And then his sibling said, no, 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 my Lord. We are not spies. In fact, we, we came from, a, from just the same father, all of us. We came from one man. Our father is just one. Sila daw, silang sampo. Sampo sila nandun eh. And what they were trying to say is that they recognized the danger of Joseph's accusation because back then, if it is proven that you are a spy, then what you deserve is a capital punishment of death. You deserve to die if you are a spy. And Joseph accused them that they were spies. And so they were making it now as a defense that they belong to one father because a father who is in his right mind, if he would send a spy to another place and he has a lot of sons, he would not send all of his sons. He would not send 10 of his sons to spy on a land because if they, it would be found out that they are spies, all of them will be killed right away. So a father who is in his normal thinking would not send yung mga ganong karaming sons. And that's why they use that as a defense before Joseph. No, 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 my Lord. We are not spies. We came from just one person. Our father is just one. Kaming sampo. But Joseph said, no, I think you are really spies. You came here to check some weaknesses of our place. And then probably you are having an evil thoughts about our land. And they tried to defend themselves again and said, no, 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 my Lord, our King, no, no. We are not spies. We are good people. We are honest people. Oh, come on. You're claiming that you are honest, and then you are talking about claiming that honesty before that guy that you betrayed before? But they didn't know that it was Joseph. We are honest people, they said. And they said, in fact, listen, in fact, in fact, there are 12 of us. Our youngest brother is there staying with our father. He just sent 10 of us. And one of our brothers is already dead. Now, here's the thing in the story. I want us to, I want us to capture this. Joseph remembered his dream. But the Bible doesn't say that he recalled what they did to him. But here comes his brothers saying, We are 12 siblings. One is left behind. Ten of us are here, and the other one is dead. Who is it that they are talking about? They are talking about Joseph. But he's right there in front of them. In other words, when they said, one of our brothers is already dead, they are pertaining to Joseph, and what they were doing was that they were trying to make Joseph remember what they did. Diba? Our minds would often choose to remember the bad things. And when there is someone around us who would remind that bad experience, from time to time I would hear people would say, Halimbawa, magnobyo, magnobya, naghiwalay. Tapos itong sinobyo, may kausap na iba, biglang nagbanggit ng pangalan ng kanyang ex. Sasabihin niya ngayon, ops, don't say bad words. Bakit? He doesn't like to be reminded about his past that is bad. Though his brain keeps on remembering it, even if he denies it. Joseph experienced this, experienced this being reminded. The text doesn't tell that he remembers, he recalls what they did to him. But by this statement that they were telling him that one of our brothers is dead, they were actually making Joseph remember what they did to him. And Joseph said, no, you are a spy. You are spies. You were sent here. And he told his soldiers, you bring these people to the jail. He put them in prison for three days. Probably, he plotted his plan of testing his brothers within the time. On the third day, he went to them. When he arrived there, he talked with his siblings of his, and he told them, okay, I have a plan. If you are not really spies, here is something that you can do to prove it to me. I would allow nine of you Nine of you, I will allow nine of you to go back home to get your youngest brother and bring him back to me. But I will keep one of you. Murag collateral. I'll keep one of you. 
Probably he was thinking of Reuben. But while he was there, they began to gather. They convene again, the ten of them, and they talked to each other. You know what they talk about? Sabi nung isa, kung sabi ni Saya pa, mauna yun ni, gigabaan na sa atong gihimo kang Joseph sa una. Gaba na ni ba? Because they were thinking, this is the very thing that is happening to us right now because of what we did to Joseph back then. Joseph heard everything that they were saying. They did not know that that guy who was hearing them was a Hebrew and can speak their language. They thought that he was an Egyptian. They thought he could not understand. But Joseph heard everything that they were talking about and he understood them. Sabi ni Ruben, Diba, I told you not to cause any harm to the lad. That was 20, 20 years ago or more than 20 years ago. I told you already, you were thinking of killing him. But he's our brother. He's our half-brother. And so I told you not to harm him. I just told you to leave him at the cistern. And when I left, what you did was you sold him. So when Ruben came back, wala na. Nabenta na yung kapatid nila. Probably Joseph was thinking of taking Ruben and place him inside the prison while the rest of the younger siblings would go home. Siyang eldese. But the problem is that, siguro nakita ni Joseph na ganun pala. Si, si Ruben pala ang nagsabi na hindi ako patayin. So sabi, pumunta siya sa pangalawa. Sabi niya, okay, the nine of you can go, I will keep Simeon with me. So they were allowed to go. And Joseph instructed his servants, you fill their sacks with grains and then place back the money that they paid for the grains. So they were released. They left going back where Jacob was. While they were traveling, one of them noticed that the money was returned inside the sack. And when that person found out the money, he exclaimed, Lord, what are you doing to us? What are you trying to do to us right now? They're actually recalling what they did to Joseph and what is happening to them now are consequences of that crime that they have committed more than 20 years ago. What are you doing to us? Why? Because the presence of the money inside the sack would put them into a dilemma. Two possible things. When they go home and Jacob would find out that they have grains and they have the money, but Simeon is not with them, the possible thought that jo Jacob would think about is this. Did you sell your brother? I asked you to go to Egypt. I gave you money. The natural transactions would be, you gave them the money, you get the grain, you come home, all of you. But how come, when they arrive, how come? Simeon is not there. You have grains and you have money. The only explanation can be you sold Simeon. Or, the next dilemma that they would face is this. By the time they'll go back to Egypt, Joseph can accuse them of stealing that money that they used to pay for the grains. So that was their condition. That's why when one of them found out that the money was placed back in the sack, he exclaimed to the Lord and said, God, what are you doing to us? This is what I'm talking about. We are now in a dilemma. We're having this problem because these are consequences of our crime against Joseph. And so they arrive home. They explain everything to Jacob. Father, this guy in Egypt, he treated harshly. Kami tinirit niya ng harsh talaga eh. Tapos kinuha niya pa si Simeon because he wanted us to bring Benjamin back to Egypt, there in Egypt. I don't know why he wanted to see Benjamin but he instructed us. He even threatened us because he suspected that we are spies and the only thing that we can prove it to him that we are not spies is that he released us and he, we have to go back there bringing our youngest brother. And when Jacob heard it, yun talaga nasa isip ni Jacob. May grain kayo, andyan yung pera, kasi lahat ng saks nila may pera. Saan si Simeon? The only explanation, you sold him. You must have sold him. So when they told him, we will bring Benjamin to Egypt because the master there wanted to see him. When they told him that matter, sabi ni Jacob, no, 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 no. Remember, more than 20 years ago, I sent Joseph to, bring for, to look for you. Where was he? He did not come back. Kayo, 
Kayo lang bumalik. Dala-dala nyo yung coat na binigay ko sa kanya. Ngayon, pinadala ko kayo sa Egypt. Kayo lang bumalik. Wala na si Simeon. I will never allow you to bring Benjamin with you. So wala na. Wala silang magawa. They cannot go back to Egypt. Because Joseph said, if you will come back without your youngest brother, that would only confirm that you are really spies. So hindi sila makabalik. They just enjoy the grains given to them. And what happened next is this. Months have passed, naubos yung grain. So kailangan nilang bumalik. Kasi sabi ni Jacob, ano, tutungatungangan na lang ulit tayo dito, magtitinginan, hanggang sa mamatay tayong lahat. Sabi niya, you go back to Egypt. And so they made a negotiation again. You see, the, the tension that kept on taking place was always related to what they did to Joseph more than 20 years ago. Sabi naman ni Lila, dalhin ba namin si Benjamin doon? Kasi yun yung, yung paraan ni. Eh. Sabi ni Jacob, no, no, I, I will not allow you to do that. Joseph went to run after you, to find you, but he did not come back. You went there with Simeon, Simeon did not come back. Now you would like to bring my youngest son? I cannot do that. Because if he dies, that will cause my death also. So sabi ni Judah, Pa, if you will not allow us to go back there with Benjamin, we cannot go back there. Because that would only prove that we are spies and we will be killed in Egypt. And definitely, if we are killed in Egypt, we cannot ma- come back to bring grains. Eventually, you will die. Our family will die. If we will not go back there also, we will also die. So they did not have any choice. Eh, sabi ni Judah, I will take responsibility. Ako ang mananagot lahat. Kung hindi man bumalik si Benjamin, ako ang mananagot lahat. And so Jacob allowed them to bring Benjamin with them. So they went to Egypt with all the gifts that they have for Joseph. When they met Joseph, what did they do? They bowed down to him again. Another fulfillment of the dream that he had more than 20 years ago. And what happened next is this, sabi ni Joseph sa kanyang servant, why don't you slaughter an animal and prepare for a meal later? I'll come back and I'll have a meal with these people. So they prepared a meal while Joseph was away. Judah went to the servant of Joseph. Sabi niya, bossing. Alam niyo, natatakot talaga kami sa boss mo kasi sa mga sako namin, may mga pera pagbalik namin doon. And we knew that it was the money that we used to pay for the grain. Uh, hindi namin yung ninakaw, ha? Actually, we are here to return it because we are honest men. We're here to return it. Uh, baka parang curse yun sa amin. We're here to return it and to get our brother Simeon. And the servant of Joseph said, No, those money are, are blessings from the Lord. Naloko na. Blessing ni God, akala nila curse sa kanila. But they were scared about it. And I think that still goes back to their guilt about what they did to Joseph. That's why they were thinking, these misfortunes are happening to us because of the thing that we have committed in the past. And later, Joseph arrived and they had a meal. When they had a meal, Joseph had another table for himself and they were settled there on another table. Joseph got some food from his table, distributed it to them. But Joseph, the text clearly tells us, the text clearly tells us that Joseph gave more portions to Benjamin. So parang he was showing favoritism. Benjamin, if you do not know the story, is so precious to Joseph because Benjamin is the only buong kapatid ni Joseph among all of them. Silang dalawa lang yung galing kay Rachel. The rest were children either of Leah or the servant of Leah or the servant of Rachel. Apat ang nanay nila. Pero yung magkapatid na buo, only Joseph and Benjamin. So Benjamin was so close to him. And you know what? 17 years ago when he left there, probably Benjamin was around 2 or 5 year old at that span of time lang. That is why when he saw Benjamin, he asked them, is this the youngest brother that you have? Why? Because he could no longer recognize Benjamin. Because Benjamin was still a toddler when he was sold by his brothers. And this time, he gave a lot of portions to Benjamin. He was testing his brother if they would be jealous of how he was treating Benjamin. 
He was testing them if they would respond just the way they responded more than 20 years ago when Jacob gave Joseph the coat while they did not have. So he observed no jealousy that occurred. So after the meal, sabi ni Joseph, okay, he told his servants, you fill their sacks with grains and then put the money back in their sacks. Tomorrow morning, we will let them go, including Simeon. But there is a twist, sabi ni Joseph. I want you to put my silver cup inside the sack of the youngest. Put my silver cup inside the sack of the youngest. So the servant followed everything. On the following day, they were set to travel back to Jacob. And the instruction of Joseph earlier to the servant was that while they are traveling, you overtake them. You run after them, you overtake them, and then you tell them, why are you paying evil with the good that my master showed to you? Why? Because one of you has taken his silver cup. And so all, all was set. They left early in the morning, and then the servant of Joseph ran after them and overtook them. When he arrived there, he told them, Why have you paid with evil the good thing that my master showed to you? So they were, they were dumbfounded about that statement because they were thinking, Anong nagawa namin? And then sabi ng servant, one of you has taken his silver cup. One of the siblings of Joseph exclaimed, No, my Lord, we are good men. If there is someone who has taken the silver cup, you just check everything that we have, and then the person who got it, you may kill him, and all of us can be the servant of your master. Ganun yung sinabi niya. Why? Because he was very confident that no one among them got the silver cup not thinking that it was planted already by the servant of Joseph. May na-plant na ebidensya. And so they checked from the eldest sack, wala. To the next, wala. Hanggang sa naubos yung sampu, wala. To the eleventh, the sack of the youngest. Lo and behold, when the sack was opened, the silver cup was there. They tore their clothes a sign of remorse, a sign of fear, a sign of uh, distress. It was a sign of pain that they are going through right now. What shall we do? Kaya sabi ni Judah, ako na lang. Kasi siya yung nagsabi sa tatay nila na I'll take responsibility. If my younger brother could not come back, you can even take my sons. Sabi niya, ako na lang. At sabi ng servant, No. My master told me that whoever has taken the cup will become his servant, his slave for life. Patay. So they were all, they all decided to go back to Egypt and made an appeal to Joseph. When they appeared before him, it was Judah who really explained to Joseph, Sir, my Lord, my master, please do not do this. Because when we went back last time, and having Simeon left with you here, our father was already, he was not at ease already with what was happening. And in fact, when we told him that we need to bring Benjamin with us here in your presence, he didn't like that idea. But because we did not have any choice, he was forced to release Benjamin. But he told us that if Benjamin will be gone, Joseph is gone already. He cannot take it that Benjamin will be taken away from him also. Again, that statement reminds Joseph of what they did to him. And when Joseph heard what Judah said, saying, Master, Lord, my Lord, ako na lang. It was actually the moment when Joseph saw that Judah is now a different person than before. The test was that are they still the same? It was Judah who initiated among the brothers that let's sell him. Magkakapera pa tayo. But this time, it was Judah standing as a spokesperson and taking responsibility. When those things were stated to Joseph, Joseph's heart was about to burst already. So he told all his servants, we are now in chapter 45. He told his servants, please go out. And when they went out already, only Joseph with his siblings were inside. It was then when Joseph told them, I am Joseph. 
If you were one of the culprits, what would you feel? You are in front of the person whom you sold. And now that person has all the power to destroy you. The text tells us, the text tells us in verse, uh, chapter 45, verses, I think, first five verses, they were not able to say anything. Kanabitaw, nakulbaan ka nga murag ni kulo imong dila, dri. Murag natulo ni mo imong dila, kay nahadlok na kagtuda. That was their experience. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Please come closer. They went closer to David. I mean to Joseph. And Joseph told them, Maybe you are scared because you think that you sold me before. But that's not how I look at it. You sold me, God sent me. Now look at this play of words. You sold me, God sent me. God sent me to save your lives. Now that I am a ruler in Egypt, I can save your lives. Because if you did not sell me, we would have lived together. And when this famine comes, all of us will die. You sold me, but God sent me. In the context of you selling me, look at verse 7. The same concept was given by David. The same thought. You sold me in, the, in that kind of context, but God sent me here to save the remnants of mankind. You sold me, but God sent me here to become a ruler in Egypt. The same repetition when you look at verses 7, 8, and 9. So the perspective of, David, of Joseph was so different. All the while, all the while, Joseph was a person who was offended, but has moved on already from the mistakes of the offenders. Joseph was a person who was living in freedom. He has forgiven already his brothers. And yet on the other hand, his brothers has, have been living in guilt. They have been living being chased by the conscience that they had for the crime that they had committed more than 20 years ago. Any place they would go, it was haunting them. But Joseph was a free man living because he released forgiveness to them. And you know what? This is one thing that I realize. The ultimate or the fundamental need of the offender is forgiveness. His brothers went to Egypt to look for grains because they need food. But other than the food that they needed, they needed the forgiveness of the one that they sold more than 20 years ago. They needed his forgiveness. They were offenders. And the best blessing that Joseph can give to his siblings as offenders against him is his very forgiveness because that is the fundamental need of the offender. And now when he releases it to them, you know what happened? There was like a reunion. He asked them to go back and get his father so that they could stay with him in Gosen near Egypt or part of Egypt still. But the thing is this, if we reflect from this kind of scenario in the scriptures, here is one thing that I have realized as against to the culture and the society where we are in today. The society where we live in this time is teaching us to pay evil with evil. The society, the culture that is shaping our minds this time has been teaching us revenge. Sinuntok ka? Suntokin mo rin. This guy deserted you? You just do the same. He hurt you? Gantihan mo. That's the kind of culture we're living in. That's the kind of society that is shaping our minds today. And it is very alarming that even be between individuals who have made a commitment before God that they would stay for richer or for poorer, for sickness or for health, they would stay together and that you would hear such word like, Ikaw naman ang nauna eh, kaya ginagantihan lang kita. You imagine about this reality taking place in our society. What does it tell us? Our society is shaping our minds that revenge is okay. That if you receive evil from someone, you repay that someone with evil. That's how we are being shaped by the society. But you look at the Word of God. 
you forgive even the person who wronged you so deeply. That is actually, that is exemplified in the text that we read. Joseph never thought of their mistakes anymore. Joseph never thought of their crime. He was thinking of the dream that God gave him. He was thinking of the fulfillment of that dream that God gave him. He was thinking about the sovereignty of God that is at work in his life. He was looking at those things, and yet his brothers were haunted by the crime they have committed. And that only tells us that the greatest need that they had was that actually the grain for food for their body, but they were in need of the forgiveness of the one that they offended. And the best blessing that Joseph can give to them was his forgiveness. Not the kind of culture that we live today. That if you received a bad thing from the other person, you pay that person with the same bad thing. That is how we are being shaped and it's very alarming. The word of God is teaching us the exact opposite of it. You were hurt. You were offended. Forgive. The greatest need of the offender is the forgiveness of the one he offended. Don't you know that in the past, before you became a believer, you and I were offenders of the most high, perfect, holy God. We were offenders. Every time we commit a mistake, it's an offense against him. Every time we lie, it's an offense against him. We were offenders of the almighty God. And you know what he did? He sent his son. And the death of his son on the cross resonates the message. God saying, I forgive you. And now that we have received his forgiveness, we were offenders. But what did God offer? The greatest need that we have in the history of mankind. We needed forgiveness from God himself. When we receive the forgiveness of God, he desires that we become instruments of grace to tell others that there is forgiveness in the cross of Christ. But here is the thing. Here is the thing. While we are made as vessels of God's forgiveness toward humanity, it necessitates you and me to exercise forgiveness in our lives first. Because if we tell someone else, you know God has forgiven you, and the person knows you, he might say to you, yes, God is a forgiving God, but why can't you forgive the one who offended you? Uh-oh. The forgiveness, the message of forgiveness that a Christian brings with his life should compel him or her to exercise forgiveness. Because if we bring the message of forgiveness and yet we do not know how to forgive, that is inconsistency with the gospel. Why would you believe me if I tell you I am selling a slimming tea when my body is like this? You wouldn't believe me. Why would you believe me if I would say to you I am selling, I am selling something that would make your skin very fair and white and yet I am very dark and you look at my face, it has a lot of, alam mm, you won't believe me. Why? Because there is inconsistency with my claim and how you look at me. In the same sense, we bear the message of forgiveness. And if we don't practice forgiveness within our lives toward others who offended us, there is inconsistency with the message that we carry and the life that we live. It necessitates the believers to release forgiveness. I believe. I believe. Maybe not all of you, but most of us. While I was talking about forgiveness or you being offended, there is a person in your mind that you are thinking of. If there is, probably this is God's way of telling you, patawarin mo na yan. Because when you forgive your offender, you are actually not freeing him, but you are freeing yourself. Right at this moment, tell the Lord, Lord, help me. This is difficult. That person has done great done so bad things to me but I would choose to forgive because I want freedom for myself and because I am a bearer of the message of forgiveness 
I want to live a life consistent with the message of the gospel. Because every time I look at the cross, my Lord, it resonates the message of forgiveness and that only compels me to be forgiving in this life that I have. Let me pray for you. Shall we bow down our heads? Our dear Heavenly Father, I know that you are speaking into our hearts tonight. If there is someone who offended us in the past and we have not yet forgiven that person, we pray, strengthen us. Continue to speak to us. We want to be free from this. Maybe for several times, that person gets into our mind in the middle of the night. And instead of sleeping with peace deep within, we are disturbed. And that only shows that while we have, we have an unforgiving heart, we are imprisoned. And that is why we desire to be free. We desire, desire to be released. We pray that through the work of your spirit, you will allow us to forgive those people that offended us. Help us, dear God. And at the same time, we pray that as we bear the message of forgiveness, as we carry it toward the people around us who haven't known the gospel yet, we pray that we will become an effective witness to that gospel, to that message of forgiveness, that when people hear us speaking about it, they would see it exemplified in our living. I pray for your children. Empower them. We know there is victory in the name of Jesus. We know that this evening there is victory over unforgiveness. We know that this evening there is victory over relationships that were broken. And you are healing them. You are mending them right now, dear God. And thank you. Because in this month, in this Sunday, we are ending the culmination of the Missions Month celebration for the month of October. And the message of forgiveness is resonating in our hearts. May you use us for your glory and honor that we will become a vessel of your message and that our lives will exemplify the very message that we carry also. We say these things with gratitude in your heart and we are giving you all the praise and adoration in the matchless name of Jesus, our Lord. And everybody will say to God, Amen and Amen. God bless you and good evening. You just heard the message from Sambuanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. We hope that it will help you in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. For more updates, you can follow us on your social media platforms in Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Zikaek Ministries. God bless!